0: us on twitter at voice america trn get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn the following program is being brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voice the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio
1: Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler.
0: Good morning. Our subject this morning is sociopaths and psychopaths. Do you know any? These are the people who are experts in creating a maze of deception and contradiction. Private investigators probably come in contact with them more often than others, I suspect. Uh, these people often seem appealing, flattering, fun, but at the same time they're manipulators and they can prey on the unwary. Contacts with them can be perilous because coupled with violence, they can become a real threat. So today I'm really pleased to introduce you to my guest, Dr. Dorothy McCoy, to address this intriguing topic. She's a psych- psychotherapist, author, and former law enforcement officer. She does training, pre-employment assessment, and behavior modification, and she's a researcher and law enforcement consultant. She received her B.A. from the University of South Carolina, masters her Master's in Clinical Counseling from the Citadel, and her doctorate from the University of Sarasota. And she has a whole gaggle of credentials. She's a diplomat with the American a- Academy of Experts in Traumatic Stress, a certified cognitive behavioral therapist, a national certified therapist, a nova trained community crisis responder, and a licensed professional counselor. So she's also published a, stress, a police stress workbook and three other books, including the one that we'll really be talking about today, The Manipulative Man. So welcome, Dr. McCoy.
2: Well, thank you so much, Francie. I'm glad to be with you and your listeners today.
0: And this is uh, a very interesting topic, but first let me ask you, what made you decide to become a, a psychotherapist? Because you were in law enforcement originally, correct?
2: Well, I was a state constable in South, in South Carolina, but actually I was a psychotherapist first, and I decided to go through the training for law enforcement because I was seeing so many In law enforcement, so many individuals, I thought I really needed to understand their perspective a little bit better so that I didn't tell them really stupid things. Mm -hmm. So psychotherapy came first, and I don't know why. I just, my first psychology class, I just fell in
0: love with it. I see. Okay. Well, and you've also written about this topic extensively, uh, specifically um, sociopaths and psychopaths. Why does that interest you so much?
2: Uh, I met for the first time a psychopath about seven years ago and the The funny thing is thirteen and a half years in college, and no one ever mentioned the word to me. Hm, we learned nothing about them and I met one, and I was just so confused because this person was was so different, and they make you feel as if you're going crazy, okay. So I talked with some colleagues and one of them said, well, you know, I just read a book by Dr. Robert Hare, um, and I just, and this sounds like what he's describing in Without Conscience. So I thought, well, I'll read that. And sure enough, that was my first experience with a psychopath. And after that, I was, I was just fascinated by them.
0: Now tell us who Dr. Hare is. Dr. Robert
2: Hare is probably the expert in psychopaths. He's been studying them for over 25 years and uh, he's written extensively. He developed the psychopath uh, checklist which is used by professionals to determine if someone is a psychopath. It's, it's not something we can go out and do on ourselves. It, it uh, requires training and a background in this, but it is very, very useful to uh, clinicians and law
0: enforcement. Now, Dr. McCoy, can you talk about the circumstances of the person that raised the red flags for you?
2: Well, it was just actually someone I met in the community. We were um, I had met this person just casually, but he really stood out because I kept thinking, incongruent, this is incongruent. And um, because he was, um, they're usually described in superlatives normally if someone says to you well i just met the most wonderful person he, was, he mm. was handsome he was intelligent he he understood me immediately where everybody else is thinking wonderful i'm thinking psychopath
3: mm-hmm.
2: so, and i've talked to many women in counseling because i counseled on private practice for over 15 years and many of them came to me because they thought they were going crazy or they'd been in a relationship with this man long enough that they really were having some some serious issues, and many times it turned out that the person was probably a psychopath or had at least had psychopathic tendencies.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Okay. Well, is is this a, is this genetic? Well. Anything in psychology and in research is usually, there are indicators, there are suggestions. It appears to be, according to Dr. Uh, Hare, that there is a biological um, element, there's a psychological element, and of course there will be an environmental uh, element. But usually they start quite young, the, um, the likelihood that someone is a psychopath, it's not going to wait till they're 25. You're going to see this when they're quite young, sometimes five, six years old, because of the the things that they do and their lack of ability to attach to other people.
0: What would be some examples of, um, say, a five-year-old that you suspected may have these tendencies?
2: Now, of course, I've never seen children with this. I've I've only done this in research. But the sorts of things that you would see would be maybe they would be cruel to animals, Okay. Um, they're not affectionate unless they want to use that affection to, to get something. Um, they're, of course, egotistical, but the thing with young children is they're egotistical anyway. They're, they're, they're more self-centered uh, until they grow older and grow out of these things. So you would see it more as they got older, and this did not change. Mm-hmm. So I guess a psychopath could be compared to a, a three-year-old. As far as their, their tendency to consider self first.
0: Okay. So, so is this also narcissistic?
2: Normally, yes. You can be a narcissist and, now again, that's a personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder. Okay. You can be diagnosed as, as both. I won't get into, but psychopath is not listed as a diagnosis in the DSM-3, which are the four now which is what we use to make diagnosis, and it, it's a long, drawn-out uh, explanation, but it's similar to antisocial personality disorder. And, yes, you can be both. Mm-hmm. And they often are quite narcissistic, but they're, most no, uh, narcissists are not psychopaths.
0: So what's the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath?
2: That gets in, again, to... Uh, The way it's explained, some individuals, some professionals believe that these tendencies um, are completely related to their environment. They were abused as children. They were in a very tragic circumstances as children. And the way they are, the symptoms that they have come from this, and Dr. Hare and a lot of others, Uh, do not believe this. As I said, they believe there are a number of contributing factors, and uh, biology would be one of them. So if you believe this comes entirely from the environment, early environment, then you would call them a sociopath. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So you could go to two different professionals and get two different diagnoses.
0: And psychopaths, I mean, you know, in the popular, popular literature, the movies, whatever, it's usually the psychopath that is portrayed as the serial killer, the the violent person, the Dr. Lecter kind of person, right? Well, we I think most see. people
2: think of that when they hear the word uh, psychopath, and uh-huh. that's one reason I like to talk about this, to let them know, no, that's only a very, very small percentage, and you're almost as likely to be kidnapped by aliens as to run into Dr. Lecter. Okay. But there are... Individuals such as Ted Bundy, who is probably the poster boy for psychopaths, psychopath.
4: Hmm. He is
2: just so stereotypical. They're out there, but that's a very small percentage. You also will find them um, preaching on Sunday morning. You'll find them in the classroom. I've known professors. I've known ministers. Uh, stock market, finance, uh, politicians, policemen, any of these, they can be in any career. They can be at any social, economic level, any race. They, uh, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. About one percent of the population.
0: Well, I know you can't uh, define this, but I'm, you know, I'm, the person that comes to mind and is in the news recently is Bernie Madoff.
2: Right, I cannot, but we could say that there are certain indicators of uh, psychopathic tendencies. Now, a lot more people will have psychopathic tendencies than will have a psychopathic diagnosis. Okay.
0: Well, you, you gave an example that I read about uh, an interaction between a physician named Lauren and a guy that she met. You want to talk about that because I think that's a good example of, of kind of what we're talking about.
2: Well, especially for women out there in, in your audience, that they, as I said before, they will come over as as very charming. Quite often, they are very attractive to the opposite sex. And oh, you know women. what,
0: Dr. McCoy? Let me just interrupt you. I'm so sorry, but I've just been notified that we need to take a quick break. Oh, certainly. We'll be right back.
1: NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified.
4: in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time.
1: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to F-R-A-N-C-I-E at P.I.'s Now, here's Francie Kaler.
0: My guest is Dr. Dr. Dorothy McCoy, psychotherapist, author, and former law enforcement officer. She is here to talk about psychopaths and, and sociopaths. And, Dr. McCoy, you were just going to tell us about the situation you know about her, uh, Lauren and uh, this guy that she ran into, and I think it explains uh, the kind of things we should be looking for.
2: Okay. Now, keeping in mind that Lauren is a, a very intelligent woman, she, she knows people, she's a professional she's accustomed to listening to people and making determinations and so alex is so good on a certain level now he um they want to appear innocuous so he has the appearance so um, you know he stooped over he his voice is low he um he comes over is very complimentary. He starts telling her how uh intelligent and beautiful she is and how glad he will be to um to be working on this project with her. And uh he he has this persona of I'm just a nice, sweet guy, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But and they're extremely good with language. They're they're very glib, very very charming, and they will—they are so good at finding your weakness. They're probably better than a psychotherapist. I hate to admit that because we are looking for ways to to help people by finding what they need to change, but he probably could do it much quicker than I could. And, of course, once he finds that weakness, what he really wants to do is he wants to use that against you. He wants to use that to reach his goal, whatever that happens to be.
0: However, now, let me interrupt a second, uh-huh. Dr. McCoy. Now, this, um, Alex was a, was he a priest? Yes. Okay. Okay.
2: And so he has, you, you have to understand that a lot of times they will go into professions where we automatically trust that profession, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to prove themselves. We trust these people to start with.
0: Okay. However,
2: even with all of his gifts, for, uh, for lying, for being glib, for being charming, for being innocuous. There is a part of us, if we will listen to it, the instinct that's been there for hundreds of thousands of years that will warn us. In fact, I had a sheriff once tell me that the hair stands up on the back of his neck when mm-hmm. he's around a psychopath. Mm-hmm. So... Lauren heard this at some level, but then she was able to convince herself no, I'm, I'm just imagining this. Look at this poor, humble man. And uh, I shouldn't be thinking these things. That he is, uh, he's lying to me, that he's done this speech before.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And in fact, I've had that same experience myself. This person has done this before. This is not genuine. It, it's almost like if you've ever watched a foreign movie where the word's at the bottom of the screen.
0: Oh, that's a great example.
2: Yeah, and they're off a little bit. Uh-huh. So when you put them together, your mind will tell you, if you listen to it, that there's something off here a little bit that I don't understand. And um, they will in time, even though... um the first time you meet them, you probably think they're they're wonderful. They're mm-hmm. chocolate cake with ice cream. Mm-hmm. But as you get to know them, if you'll listen, they will contradict themselves. There's something to do with their brain that's a little bit different. They think it might have to do with communication between the right and left brain. But where they will say something and then contradict it in the in the same paragraph, mm-hmm. and you'll ask them what did you say? Now, you said this and this. What do you mean? And they're just so really good at saying, no, I didn't say that. Or in explaining it, well, this is what I really meant. You misunderstood me. And then every once in a while, too, they'll, there'll be a little crack in the mask, on the mask that they wear most of the time to pretend that they're a human being.
0: Because they and, can't they can't keep up the pretense 100% no, of the time.
2: No. Can you imagine? Can you even... Begin to imagine how stressful that would be, how difficult that would be to always wear a mask. So every once in a while, and sometimes I got the impression it was just a little jab just to to make you jump and look and think, wow, what happened there? Uh And then sometimes I think it's just they can't do it all the time. But you will notice when it slips a bit if you pay attention. and. Look for all of these things. Don't accept every absolutely wonderful person as being that wonderful. Be careful. Listen carefully. Pay attention. And for someone dating, I would say for the first time dating someone, and I know that you PIs out here are going to agree with this, do a little investigating. Mm-hmm. Ask friends, uh, check up a little bit. Don't just take them for who they say they are. There are too many people out there that will take advantage. Mm
3: hmm. Mm hmm.
2: And that's exactly what Alex was going to do um, for whatever it happened to be.
0: It and had one, to do. What didn't it have to do with fundraising or something like that? Right. Now
2: they are not necessarily always looking for um, money. It's not always something criminal. It could be just sex. It could be that um, they often they're they're predators. They um, they will take advantage of other people. They will live off of other people. Anything that they can gain from you, they will using their their gifts that they have, and their gifts are impressive.
0: Well i'm I'm quoting out of your article that you wrote on this, and mm-hmm. you quote her as saying, "I saw a tall, very slim man in his early thirties who fell slightly shy of handsome. Probably striking would be more a more descriptive word. His sapphire eyes, jewels are beguiling, cold and hard, never wavered. They stayed not locked into mine. A shiver scurried down my spine. His blonde surfer hair was cut in a casual style. One lock of hair kept falling in his eyes. Women can't stand that. <laughs> no. When he spoke, his voice was soft and reassuring. I was bewildered when the words, words "wolf in sheep's clothing" crept into my mind. At some intuitive level, I was aware that his cool appraisal and massive size were incongruent with his air of humble benevolence. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to your comment about being uh, in, incongruent. You know, when when I train interviewing skills one of the things that I tell people is to watch uh, the interview shows on TV and turn the sound off. Mhm, Good idea. And it's really interesting to watch.
2: That's a great idea. And with psychopaths, one of the things, they put on a great show, but they're, if you listen to them, it, everything is pretty shallow. It's pretty surface because they are. They're a mask. A mask is only so deep. Mm -hmm. so with a psychopath you want to forget the show forget the staring you in the eyes and they will forget the hand movements forget the appearance and listen to the words and you will find that there's very little there
0: okay so they're charming oh yes Um, glib glib
2: they're pathological liars Okay. And of course, they're manipulative. They have no remorse or guilt. We are props in their play as far as they're concerned, and they are always, always in their play.
0: So how do you think it is that they they are so apt to plug into the needs of an individual? How does that work?
2: I don't really know how they're able to do that. Uh, obviously, they must be good at observing. Uh, now, you have to remember that they need these tools to do what they do. So they're they're going to work at developing these tools. And there may be a certain amount of uh, inherited ability. I don't know. I've never seen that looked into. But we do know that uh, they're very good, and since they need this, I would say they work on it quite a lot. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And to show, and another thing, when they're showing effect, when they're showing emotions, it's another foreign film type thing, because they're going to be a little off, they show emotions by watching our emotions. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And then they have to reproduce those because they don't feel those emotions. So it's going to be, if you pay close attention, they're going to be a little bit off. I've noticed that, too, in talking with them. Until you figure out what's going on, you really do think you're going crazy.
0: Well, one indicator might be the way they smile. Would that be one of them?
2: Oh, they're very good at those things. Anything that makes them, and you'll have to remember now that psychopaths are like the rest of us. They're very different. Some are much better at what they do than others. Some are much more intelligent, much more attractive. It depends on the person. And, of course, some are much more criminal than, than others. But, yes, usually a successful psychopath will probably have a very charming, maybe even a little crooked smile and they're going to look deeply into your eyes. And as far as you, it, it appears that you're the most important person in the world to them at that moment. You are the only person in the world. hmm
0: They That's... are interested in you. So somehow they know how to exploit whatever is important to you.
2: Oh, absolutely. If you need compliments, if you're insecure, uh, they're going to tune in on that immediately. And they're going to use it to their advantage.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then um, that also would be a, a bullying kind of um, persona as well? Does that plug into it? Uh, normally
2: they are going to be bullies. They're going to use whatever it takes. Now this is the beginning that we're talking about where they're being so charming. This does not last because you start to see these other things, and to get what they want, eventually this mass slips. And some of them are are quite violent, Uh, wife batterers. Some wife batterers would be uh, psychopaths. They're going to use whatever they need, whatever technique, to get what they want. As I said, there's a lot of differences between psychopaths, depending on what type they are. Some are just um, extremely dangerous and extremely violent.
0: So, it, is there are there any studies, or, or can there even be studies about the percentage of the population that is the psychopathic? Uh, one, uh,
2: the one that I've heard the most, and it, it changes from expert to expert. But Dr. Hare says somewhere around one percent of the general population, and somewhere between twenty-five to thirty-five percent of the prison population.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Extremely. One out of a hundred. So we all know a
0: psychopath. So they're all walking among us.
2: They're out there. Yes, they are. <laughs> okay. And that is just scary.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, say I met somebody today. So I was, Say I was doing my work as a private investigator, mm-hmm. and I was going to talk to somebody. What What would be the indicators that I would look for right off the top?
2: Well, of course, to begin with, you would notice that, again, superlatives, Look for the superlatives, charming, uh, glib. Um, they have a grandiose self-worth. They'll tell you about all their wonderful plans that are going to happen and things that they've done, most of which are lies. Um, you would notice that they probably have good eye contact. Okay. And you might notice if you talk to them long enough, these little glitches in um, the way they talk with the contradictions. Now, okay. let me tell you this, there are people who are experts like Dr. Hare and are still fooled at times by psychopaths. So hmm. can we always tell when we've only known them a short time? Not necessarily. Right. I would go, I would listen to my instinct and I imagine most PIs have pretty good in, instinct, wouldn't you think? Hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah and law enforcement officers, um, right. because right. that's that's really important for our, um, for our safety. So listen, again, listen to your instincts. Listen to what they're telling you. Watch this person again for, don't pay attention to the show. Listen to what they're saying. It will be shallow. There won't be a lot behind it. There won't be a lot of details. Okay. It's going to be pretty superficial.
0: Okay. Um, okay, I, it's time to take a break here, uh, sure. Dr. McCoy. Let's let's do that because I'd like to get into um, the website. You said you put up some um, articles on your website on interrogation, and li- I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Certainly. Okay. So more information from Dr. Dorothy McCoy in just a moment.
1: NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified.
0: IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength and numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at one 800 447 2112 to sign up. Mention PI's declassified, and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call one 1-800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best.
1: News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to PIs Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to F-R-A-N-C-I-E at PIsDeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Dr. Dorothy McCoy, author of
0: The Manipulative Man, is here with me today to discuss sociopaths and psychopaths. And um, uh, Dr. McCoy, we were just talking. You put up some articles on interrogating a psychopath, and I'd like you to just address that and tell people where to go to to look at those articles.
2: Sure, because I haven't been able to find as much information as I would like research on interrogating a psychopath. So what I could find, I put on my website, McCoy trainingadvisors.com. And there's one article on there uh, that I found to be really quite excellent as far as white-collar crime because uh, psychopaths are generalists. I mean, they could be in any kind of crime. They may commit several different types, and sometimes the white-collar crime psychopaths will fall over into what they called red-collar crime, which is killing someone to hide what they're doing. And they had several examples in that um, article, which is really quite a long article, and I think everyone would really find it fascinating. Now, as far as interrogating, what I have mentioned about listening to what they say, not all the show that's going on is important with them, Some of the things that you do with other individuals in uh, interrogating is not going to work as well. For one thing, these people trust no one. They assume that everyone is like them. They cannot be trusted. So trying to show empathy for their position is not going to go over. Trying to make them understand what a terrible thing they did and that they should feel bad about, of course, isn't going anywhere. Stay with the facts stay completely professional, know that they will lie to you, and they will try to con you, and they can con the experts. So mm-hmm. be very aware of those things if you're talking to a, a, a psychopath.
0: Okay. And they sound just, uh, uh, you know, unless you're listening to your instincts, they sound like somebody would like to know better. Absolutely.
2: Yes, you're yeah. going to be telling everybody, oh, I'm, I just met this wonderful person, and uh, I enjoy spending time with him, her. Um, they're absolutely fascinating because, of course, they, they make you feel good. That's their job mm-hmm. in the beginning. hmm
0: Now, you um, have a whole list in your book, The Manipulative Man. You have a whole list of um, in ways to deal with people that are, are psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think you know, I think it might be instructive. So you you start out with saying uh, you should be fair, reasonable, and forgiving. Uh, if there's a violation of some thing you've agreed on or some um, something that you felt violated you, is that true? Is that
2: it- that would be general for for anyone? Now this is in case you're in a relationship with with one let's say somebody that has psychopathic tendencies Mm -hmm. because the psychopath is not going to stay in a relationship for long that's one of the things they they do they're promiscuous and they go through relationships but say you're in a relationship with someone that has some psychopathic tendencies and you want to keep it then these that's one of the things you can do uh will it work Mm, that's that remains to be seen, but you can certainly do your best to be a reasonable person and a fair person, and at least when you walk away from the relationship, or more likely they do, uh, you can say, I did everything that I could do.
0: Well, and you know, relationships aren't just um, male-female or male-male, female-female as far as uh, intimate relationships. We run into all kinds of sure. relationships in our work, in our associations, mm-hmm. in our with our neighbors, all kinds of relationships where we're dealing with this. So one of the things you said um, that I thought was instructive was that there must be consequences.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you're going to say assuming that you can say this, you're in the type of relationship where you can say this, uh, this is where I draw the line. Okay. When you do so-and-so, then I'm going to do such-and-such. And, such. and if you do say that, if you do yell, I'm going to leave the room, then you must follow through. You, you can't um, you can't say you're going to do something that you're not absolutely sure that you're willing to follow through because you've just lost all credibility. And they you have to go with facts. You have to go with evidence with these folks. You, you can't con them. They're the expert at that.
0: No bluffing, in other words.
2: Oh, no, don't bluff. It won't work. Yeah. It absolutely. And you're right. In relationships like on the job, and I've seen some people with psychopathic tendencies in corporations, there's no doubt about it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: because sometimes I think they mistake uh, self-confidence um, for an aggression. They might mistake the two, that somebody's aggressive. They're not just self-confident, and mm-hmm. you don't want aggressive people in your organization.
0: Well, and interesting. One of the things you said um, here is that to choose your battles carefully. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I think that's probably true. If you're always battling, then then it's a a clanging bell.
2: Yeah, and they'll probably win if you're always battling. But if you choose a few and very careful about how you go about it, and keep in mind that these people will win no matter what they have to do. They are not stopped by the limitations that, that we have as good citizens. hmm they're, they're as far as they're concerned, they have no limitations. And one thing that I'd advise everyone to be very careful about. Do not stand between a psychopath and his or her goal. It's a dangerous place to be.
0: Okay. Could you expand on that a little bit?
2: Well if like I said, they they want to win. They will win and they will do whatever it takes to win. Mm-hmm. So if you see, uh, it, say you're working with someone that has psychopathic tendencies, I would be very, very careful how I tried to handle that person. In fact, if at all possible, I would stay out of their way because eventually they're, they're not going to stay in, the, in that job forever. They, uh, they have a tendency to shoot themselves in the foot just as Alex did, he just, for whatever reason that we don't know, just disappeared. Most of them will shoot themselves in the foot. They'll do something that's so outrageous that everybody will say, oh, wow, you know, (laughs) there was something wrong with that person. But even then, Francie, the funny thing is, even then, they're so good that when you have absolute proof, there will be people that still defend them.
0: Well, and we see this often in domestic violence situations, correct? Mm -hmm. Where the the guy beats his wife up, and then he's then he he turns it around and says well it's it's her fault because she did something she didn't wash his clothes right or she didn't do the dishes right or she didn't she wasn 't home when she was supposed to be
2: Nothing is ever their fault right a- and as I said they're good. you even have to be careful if you go to professionals because I had a, a good friend uh, her husband was a, a psychopath, and she went or at least had psychopathic tendencies. It went to a therapist for marriage counseling, and he was so charming. Uh, by the end of the session, the therapist was calling him Prince Charming. Really? And you'd never, ever professionally do something like that in a counseling session, but they are that good.
0: Well, you know, I had, uh, interesting enough uh, that you bring that up, I had, have a missing persons case that I've worked on for the last 25 years, And initially, the person who was the person of Mm interest—that is still the person of interest um, today—did exactly that with the investigating officer. I'm not surprised. And so, all kinds of evidence dropped through the cracks that were that was never dealt with at the time. And of course, by the time it was dealt with, it was you know 15, 20 years later, it was all gone.
2: Oh, they—they're good. They really are. Some better than others, but. It just amazes me at how much they can get away with. That people are still, still wi- willing to believe in them.
0: And I'm looking at your um, at your book here because, as I told you, I, I got it and read it. Mm-hmm. You say the bottom line is look at his behavior. Now, Absolutely. It, now, now
2: that it's in a relationship.
0: Now I, let me let me just interject something here. Why are we talking about men? Aren't women psychopaths and sociopaths?
2: Actually, I was asked to write that book about men, and you're absolutely right. Um, There are men and there are women. Now, there are fewer women than men that are psychopaths, but they are out there, and I've known a few myself, and to tell you the truth, I think they're scarier than men sometimes.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think so?
2: Well, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that you don't expect women to do these things, um, but I know one that is a stalker and absolutely willing to go to any limits to win. And those people, the only thing you can do is try to stay away from them. Let me go back to what you said, too, about behavior in a relationship. Uh, you would want to look at his behaviors. You've asked him to do so-and-so. You've asked him to take the trash out on Mm Friday. Okay, he's going to have all kinds of excuses. He's going to say all sorts of things. And the only thing that you can look at in situations like that is what did they do. doesn't matter what he says. doesn't matter what the excuses are.
0: You want the hard evidence, the facts.
2: What did you do? Stay with that because they try to lead you off in all sorts of directions. Uh, They will try to go on another tangent, uh, hoping to take you so far away that you don't even remember what you started arguing about, so you keep going back to that one fact. Okay. (laughs) And you would do that in interrogation, too. What about this
0: one fact? Yeah. Okay, this is a good time to take a break. Stay tuned, Dr. McCoy, and I'll be right back.
1: NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s
4: Declassified Day at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Bacilli, Radio to Thrive By.
1: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com
0: We've been discussing sociopaths and psychopaths with author and psychotherapist Dr. Dorothy McCoy. Uh, Dr. McCoy, you have a kind of a a list of things to look for. Uh, Yes, I
2: do. I have Dr. Hare's checklist. Now, they use this for actually diagnosing a psychopath, which is a score of 30 or more. We can't diagnose, but let's just look at them quickly, glib and superficial. You won't find one that's tongue-tied or self-conscious. Mm-hmm. grandiose, I'm wonderful, need for stimulation, they get bored very easily. They are pathological liars. Sometimes they know they're lying, sometimes they don't. Okay. They're, they're com- uh, cunning and manip- manipulative, as we've said. They have no sense of remorse or guilt because just being props in their play were not important. Uh, shallow effect, callous. Lack of uh, empathy, they, they don't know what it is to walk in our shoes. They don't understand that. Parasitic lifestyle, they use people. Um, poor behavioral controls, they're, they're not very good at controlling their behavior. They do not learn from mistakes. And they huh. cannot see into the future as far as how their behavior now will affect them in the future. Uh, they're promiscuous, as I've mentioned. They're early behavior problems. A lack of realistic long-term goals. They might say while they're in prison, well, you know, I think I'd like to be president. Uh, they're <laughs> impulsive. They do things without thinking. They're foolhardy. Uh, irresponsible. They may not be paying their bills on time. Failure to accept responsibility for their own actions. It's not my fault. It's her fault. It's their fault. Many short-term relationships, um, no, you're not going to stay in a relationship with them long, naturally. Mm -hmm. Juvenile delinquency, there may be that. Um, And criminal versatility, as I said, they're generalist as criminals. I'll do a little of this, a little of that. And they are very likely, and this is an important point for uh, law enforcement, they're very likely, if they're high on this list, and as I said, a 30 is the cutoff, 30 points, if they're in prison, uh, it's very likely that they will be back. If they're released early, and this is one of the things that's brought up on probation hearings, is if a person's a psychopath or not. Mm-hmm. And they are very likely to return more than prisoners that are not psychopaths. So that's the complete, Dr. Hare's complete list.
0: Okay. So would you say that a sociopath is just like a lesser form of psychopath? They're actually the same thing. It's it's just the difference
2: between what they believe on the ideology was. Where did it come from?
0: Okay. Hmm. So, so I guess what I'm hearing is maybe you know the the general um, theory that is that sex offenders can't be rehabilitated. A psychopath couldn't be rehabilitated either.
2: Well, we in mental health don't like to say that anybody can't be rehabilitated. Uh, it makes us look bad. But right now, we do not have a model, and they're working on it. Even Dr. Hare and some of his um, colleagues are working on this. But right now, we don't have uh, a model that appears to work. In fact, and this is interesting, sometimes they get worse if they go to therapy, because they learn more about manipulating, oh, yeah,
0: which really makes them feel bad. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, you know, as I said on the break, I'm, I'm thinking of all kinds of people now. I'm uh-huh. if Everybody if says that don't.
2: when I start talking to them about psychopaths. Well, you know, I know so-and-so. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well... <laughs> They're well, out there.
0: I'm sorry. What kind of last thoughts do you have for our listeners? Because I, mean, I know we have a wide range of listeners. Some are private investigators and some are women that are, that are involved in relationships. So what last thoughts would you like to
2: well, give? Well, especially for women that are involved in relationships, uh, I suggest my book, The Manipulative Man, because it goes into uh, psychopaths, um, violent men, and some of the things that you can do to, uh, to help yourself and to protect yourself. Uh, also, another good book is Dr. Hare's Without Conscience and also Snakes in Suits, which is more the corporate world, as you can, uh, as you can well imagine. Uh, I think if you've read all of these, you're probably in pretty good shape to protect yourself.
0: That's a great title for a book, Snakes in Suits.
2: Oh, yes, and it's so appropriate.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, let me just say that I certainly highly recommend... Um, for people to read the manipulative man, because you've after each chapter, you give checklists. So you mm-hmm. take each category, um, and you give a check like the dependent man, for example. You give a checklist to do, to kind of identify whether that's where uh, where that person is. So those are very helpful, even though they're not conclusive. It certainly helps you evaluate your relationships.
2: I have found if um, if. Because sometimes uh, women or men may think that their relationship is worse than it really is, and sometimes when they look at that and say, well, maybe it's not as bad as I thought, or it's much worse than I thought, and I really need to do something about this, and it gives them something to go by.
0: Sure, sure. And then um, you, I know you said you had written a police stress workbook. What is that? Okay, now I wrote one on
2: anger management for law enforcement, uh, which is, of course, related to stress. And it was just helping them uh, cognitive theory, which helps us think rationally and critically rather than thinking emotionally, and most of us think emotionally. Um, that That's a big help in not getting angry, and also developed uh, over 15 years a CD to, to go with that that helps um, per, people to relax, to actually relax. Most of us for, have forgotten how. Mm-hmm. And after a while of using something like that, then your body just begins to to go down into that relaxed state where it would usually go into more stress. So these, there's all sorts of things that we can do to um, to handle stress.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's that's a good point. And then you um, you actually started writing the manipulative man through uh, writing checklists for other kinds of disciplines.
2: Right, I've written hundreds of personality tests. I, I think I could probably write a personality test on just about anything. Uh, how much of that trait, whatever it happened to be, that, that you have. Some of them are serious, uh, and you can actually, uh, go by them to a certain degree. And others are just for fun. I just do those to entertain myself. Like, if you were a dog, what type would you be?
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Every once in a while, we have to give up this being so serious.
0: <laughs> so what kind of a dog would be a, psychop- a sociopath or a psychopath?
2: Well, you know, the really the really sad thing is no type of dog would be. Oh. Because we are the only animal that actually preys on our own kind, especially the weak of our own kind, and that's, that's really sad.
0: That is a sad statement.
2: I know. So when somebody says you're an animal, it's actually a
0: compliment. Huh. Interesting. Well, Dr. McCoy, uh, you've been just a great guest. Thank you so much. And uh, I just uh, I'm, I'm just looking at, uh, again, one of your checklists, why people manipulate. And uh, I think this is really uh, good, you know, obviously, we know they manipulate to get their own way. but to pre- also to prevent us in a relationship from making a free choice, uh, often to feel in control and powerful, uh, to avoid responsibility, to gain an unfair advantage, to distort reality, to preserve their self-image, which is already distorted, to diminish the person they're in the relationship with, and to discourage any kind of intimacy and discourse them I mean, at every, every turn, every avenue.
2: And that's one thing we want to remember about psychopaths. Their reality
0: is not reality. It's a very good point. All right. Well, we have to close the show. Um, next week, we will be talking about why private investigators are interested in legislation, and and uh, I have my guests are the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, that is NCISS, legislative advocate Larry Sabbath and legislative Jimmy chair, <laughs> Jimmy chair, legislative chair Jimmy Messis, and president. Maria Landry, Larry is the former Congressional aide, and Jimmy is also the co-owner of PI Magazine. This is the season for PIs to have conferences. There's one in Washington, D.C. with NCISs, Boston, Council of International Investigators, Orlando, American Society of Industrial Security International, Denver, Professional Private Investigators of Colorado, Hong Kong, World Association of Detectives, and Seattle, Washington Association of Legal Investigators, all in the next two months. If you're interested in any of these, send me an email to francie at pisdeclassified.com, and I will put you in contact with the right party. So tune in again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. Thank you so much, Dr. McCoy. Thank you. It's P.I. I'm Francie Taylor. Thanks for listening.